1: Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark. Before we jump into the show, I wanted to take a second and thank AKG for sending us their Podcaster Essentials Package. If you ever thought about starting your own podcast, this is an economical and high-quality way to get started. It includes the AKG Lyra USB microphone and the K371 set of headphones which are amazingly comfortable. highly recommend it. Now, we're joined by a musician who thrives when he's uncomfortable. Tobias Nathaniel's greatest enemy is muscle memory. That's why he switched from guitar to organ. He formed the Blackheart Procession and kept his penchant for being uncomfortable by playing instruments like sheet metal and being the wedding band for Melvin's drummer Dale Crover's nuptials. He also explained how he inadvertently wrote Rick and Morty's Evil Morty theme. Toby moved to Serbia to show solidarity with vampires and possibly join a vampire-class action lawsuit. He also tells us how Madonna broke his heart. He started a new band called The Red Step that sounds like garage rock meets post-punk. It's raw and gloomy in the best ways. He also discusses his performance anxiety and how he became a frontman for his band. Follow The Red Step on social media and pick up their debut on Pravda Records. Follow us at X subscribe, rate, and review, especially if you're in Serbia. Buy us a non-committal cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Merch featuring our logo, designed by Mark Dancy, creator of Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger logo, is available at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now let's march right into Tobias Nathaniel and the Red Step on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network.
0: This is Toby, a.k.a. Tobias Nathaniel of The Red Step and The Blackheart Procession. You're listening to Performance Anxiety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that seemed fine with me. All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry for being difficult right out the gate. No, oh, no, no, no. This is easy. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you were there when I called, so that was, that's a good start.
2: Right, right. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't always happen.
0: Yeah, I had the inverse happen last night.
1: Oh,
2: really?
0: um, Yeah, I was supposed to do a podcast and the interviewer was actually sick.
2: Oh, geez. um,
0: Hopefully not with the obvious.
2: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully.
0: So it had to be rescheduled. So yeah,
1: it can happen the other way around too. I hate that having to call somebody like, "Hey, I know we're supposed to talk tonight or 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 tomorrow whatever it was, but something came up and I got to reschedule." I absolutely hate doing that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. um, I mean, although life is
1: life, and sometimes these things happen. Exactly, and uh, just about everybody I've had on, if I've ever had to do that, which has only been a few times, they've been very understanding. So good good. i've been been really fortunate with this podcast (laughs) yeah awesome
0: awesome.
1: all right so thank you for joining me today this is uh you're the first person from uh serbia that i've ever had on so that's really yeah Uh (laughs) i don't know exactly uh how big the music community is in serbia but you are definitely the only the first one i've had so far so okay great I'm sorry have we started recording oh yeah I mean I, I kind of we just kind of roll into it a little bit it's, it's more conversational okay, okay. than anything um, sure sure so the first thing I like to find out from, from people I have on is how you got into music in the first place was it something that you were doing as a kid was were you listening to a lot of music was there a lot of music in the household growing up
0: Yeah, so for me, it kind of started pretty early on with, um, I must have been around five or something, and we had an eight-track tape player, if you remember that. Wow, yes. (laughs) So uh, I would sit there with headphones on and listen to primarily uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, and Yes,
1: actually. Oh, nice. Man, uh that must have been on the eight-track. That must have sucked, because on the longer tracks, didn't you have to flip over to the different side of the, of the eight track in like in the middle of a song sometimes
0: you know i don't remember it would be funny to you know to see <laughs> That's a good, you know track down and, and existing uh if eight could, track player and set.
1: yeah if i can find like an eight track copy of relayer that would be a that'd be a good test right there
0: <laughs> totally yeah but i don't recall i don't recall there being some kind of break in the, in the music or
1: could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Did you start on guitar originally?
0: Yeah. So let's see. It's kind of weird. Um, my parents bought me, uh, I'm left handed. So my parents bought me a left handed ukulele.
1: Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know there was such a thing.
0: Yeah. I, I guess there are.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> and so yeah, I uh, kind of goofed around with that for a bit. And then later I had the like Sears special little junky electric guitar with amp. I don't even know. Do people even know what Sears is anymore?
1: I don't know because it's, I know all the ones around here, I'm in Winchester, Virginia, and all the ones around here are closed. I right, think they're right. I'm not, bankruptcy now, aren't they? I think they close everything uh, at this point.
2: Well, I
0: haven't seen one for a while, so that's definitely a possibility. Yep. <laughs> you Yeah. You, <laughs> Walmart. I, <laughs> Walmart
1: yeah. <laughs> there you go. The, the equivalent, the modern day equivalent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. So yeah, the, this this is a guitar and amp combo thing, a little cheapy uh sort of setup and I don't know, I, I played around with that for a bit and kinda lost interest and um then later this was well i think i was like 14 uh i heard uh, master of puppets oh. on vinyl for the first time and that was like completely eye-opening it was like i had never heard music before wow and actually previously i sort of i never really understood the music my friends listened to i would hear it and i would go along with it because i guess i was supposed to like it
2: oh, uh, really?
0: you know we're having fun doing stuff and you know skateboarding whatever i'm like okay um but yeah hearing that album sort of really opened my eyes oh to man what was Awesome. What were they
1: listening to that you weren't really getting into?
0: Oh, just the, the usual fare, like, you know, mainstream radio or even local local radio stuff. Yeah. It just, you know, it, it
2: didn't
0: I don't know, it just didn't really connect somehow. Uh, okay. up until up until that up, that was the the defining moment of like, oh, music can be this. Like it can actually affect me.
1: Is that when you decided you wanted to start playing in a band?
0: It was when I uh, picked up guitar again. Okay. And so um, I got some sort of something a little more decent and right handed uh, <laughs> this time. Uh, and yeah, so I kind of launched onto this into this path of uh, thrash metal and which was my kind of first first real like, kind of musical love.
1: OK, so were you uh, when did you actually start? Playing out. I know. I, I saw some of your first releases were with the band Struggle. Was that right? Right. Was that one of your first bands, or was that uh, a couple bands down the line?
0: Yeah. So the story with that band, that was when I would have been about seventeen. Okay. Um, when that album came out, or maybe eighteen. Um, how I met them is uh, the drummer for that band was in my jazz band at school. Oh, yeah. So basically, uh, having done thrash for a bit, um, I started getting into jazz in my high school at the time. Um, amazingly do, you know, all the cuts in the curriculum with art and everything. Yeah. They had a really good jazz program. Oh. So I started playing, uh, learning uh, jazz guitar and the requirement to be in the band was that you had to study jazz theory and uh, take lessons from some pretty serious people. Okay. So I started developing technique and theory. Um, And so anyway, the drummer uh, of struggle was the drummer for our high school uh, jazz band. And nice. They, their guitarist uh, cliff, I remember at the time uh, had to leave the band due to like college stuff. He was going off to college. Ah. So I replaced him. And infused it with a little more metal. <laughs> They're like two metal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect back it's perfect, like crossover metal, hardcore. yeah, stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that was the first yeah, the, the first thing that that um, I was on that was published, yeah, okay. and so we did you know little little West Coast tour or something, and oh, cool. and um, yeah, so that band, and incidentally the the basis of that. Group is uh, Justin Pearson, who's uh, in the Locust and most recently Dead Cross.
1: Oh, cool! That's pretty awesome. So San Diego, yeah, San Diego has a really interesting <laughs> music scene. Yeah. So, and then, so this was in, the, in California. You grew up in, in yeah. California.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've only been in Serbia for a little over five years. Right. Um, okay. And I have lived. Yeah. I was born and raised in San Diego and I moved to Portland, Oregon when I was like around 30 or so.
1: Okay. And you move you went from struggle and into the band Three Mile Pilot. Was that a, was that the next band or did you have anything in between that, that kind of made that transition a little easier for you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vast, vastly different bands. It is. So, they really are. Yeah. So, so yes, some things did happen in between. I had a band with some friends called the Young Destroyers, which was um, like a a garage rocky kind of spooky garage rock thing where uh, I played organ. And I kind of made this decision to play organ because every time I sat down at the guitar, my fingers just started moving in the patterns that they were supposed to move in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I wasn't making this connection anymore with my heart or mind. Okay. Um, I figured it would be cool to sort of shed the theory a little bit And technique and sit down at something And only just use, you know, my ear Wow So, yeah, I started playing uh, We had a little Hammond organ So I um, started playing <laughs> that
2: That's awesome
0: kind of Rocky thing with, with my good friend uh, Josh Kwan And then um, kind of simultaneously Josh and I were in another band That he had started called uh, A Day Called Zero In which I played bass step away from the guitar a little bit and experiment with other instruments and just other ways of doing things and look, trying to look at music as as a whole rather than you know just i'm a guitarist and yeah. like to remove that identity and kind of look at music differently so those two bands happened and how i ended up joining through my pilot was they had already existed for a long time okay um, they Popular band in san diego and had just been signed to geffen records they had finished an album and were looking for they're always a three-piece but they were looking for someone to do um like additional parts to play the parts they had written that were like oregon and you know some of the bass and even drums on stuff so okay. as an instrumentalist like i kind of fit and the san diego scene back then was interesting it was a little bit fragmented maybe like We had a scene, but there were sort of sub-scenes that were a little bit divided, and there was a bit of crossover, but um, people kind of tended to stay in there.
2: (laughs) Oh, really? Um, So,
0: I was, you know, they they were from a different scene. They were a little bit older, and um, at any rate, um, you know, I met those guys, and and Paul, who's also the singer of Blackheart Procession, singer of z Pilot. So, um, yeah, I tried out with them, and um, yeah, it all worked out, and we got along, and...
2: Will we are,
0: stuck by this river. You and I, underneath the sky that's ever falling down. Down, down,
3: ever falling down.
1: When you start playing organ, you're just going by feel. You're not taking a lessons you haven't taken piano lessons or anything like that you're just trying to jumpstart your creativity by doing it on on your own
0: yes and i actually in fact i really like for things to be uncomfortable for me on piano i still even though i'm sort of considered to be a pianist right primarily it's never comfortable for me wow especially if once i get a handle on the song itself um it becomes easier but i never wanted to feel cozy Uh i want to sit down feels a little bit like it's, it's not necessarily fighting me, but I don't want to feel so comfortable with my fingers do the, you know, do the talking rather right. than something else.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to get stagnant and just go to the uh, the muscle memory cords and
0: it, muscle. Exactly. Exactly. OK.
1: And you end up leaving Three Mile Pilot. Uh, now, did you leave with Paul at the same time and, and just and start Blackheart Procession? Yeah. So how that went
0: down was, um, uh, Geffen wasn't happy with the album. So I had already been playing with them for a bit, okay. like learning their part and so on. But Geffen wasn't happy with the album. They, they felt there wasn't a strong single as major labels like to do.
2: Right. And, yeah.
0: and so the A&R guy's like, Hey, look, you got this new dude. Maybe he can, you know, you guys can work on some more material with, with that guy involved. And so we kind of started working on stuff. And actually, this is a bit of a diversion, but it's kind of a funny story. I just um,
1: I love funny stories. That's what this thing. This whole podcast is about. I
0: saw I saw and I, um, I'm really bad at remembering this stuff, but I, I <laughs> sat down and tried to remember some goofy stuff. <laughs> so, I remember, so I remember talking to our A&R guy at the time, Geffen, and um, I think Madonna had just come out with some song. It's like Frozen. Song. Okay. And I was like, well, we were talking about something. I'm like, well, you know, it's like fine, but you know, at least you know she's writing her. You know, she writes her music and blah blah blah. And the and our guy's like blank stare. Like she doesn't write her own music.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just blew my. I had no idea. I didn't understand like the mechanisms of the uh, you know major label industry, how oh, all that wow. stuff works. Because I'd only dealt with like kind of independent bands who, you know, wrote their own music right. um, in whatever capacity, whether it's, you know, more of a collective thing or someone brings the ideas. So that was a huge, like shock to me. Oh, like, wow. I'm like, are
1: you kidding? Like this music is all so
0: bad and, and they're not even writing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she's not even writing it herself. It's horrible. And she's choosing to sing it. Sure.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that was a kind of funny story. that, that At any rate, um, back to the previous stuff. Right. So, <laughs> The label ultimately um, decided not to release the record. Unfortunately, uh, they didn't shelve it. They gave it back to us.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: And it was ultimately released with a few new tracks um, with me on them through Cargo Records in San Diego. And at the time, so what basically happened with Black Art is we were kind of under the thumb of this, like, you know, major label machine expectations that they had, like they like to do. This band is awesome. Let's get a hold of it and change the shit out of it.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) So I think we were all pretty, like, frustrated with that situation and... Uh, Paul and I were living together at, at at the time and we we decided like look let's let's do some stuff where there's no restrictions and let's be as weird and, and creative, you know, do do what we want and you know, not even tell each other no to our ideas. And so that's kinda and oh, and at the same time we we had just broken up with our girlfriends. And oh, so we were all cross you know, and, and depressed. So we decided to do this thing and kind of make fun of this of this sadness okay do it in a tongue-in-cheek way oh, I think awesome. people think that we're really super fucking morose yeah. Like, we're really not <laughs> <laughs> and especially when you deal with so often what's the right word like interacting with these kind of feelings and uh, considering them and then expressing them it's cathartic mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people keep those things bottled up inside and yeah. you know I think that that can alter their you know mood and behavior
2: oh for sure
1: so, so you guys were basically approaching the music in an improv type of way where it's, it's yes. And so somebody brings in an idea and you're like, yes, and we'll do this.
0: Sure. Sure. It was, I mean, of course with some minor tweaks and those minor tweaks became larger tweaks later, but the <laughs> idea was, let's just, you know, do something, have fun, do something creative and, and really try to, to allow each other the space to do the things that we want to do okay and and for the most part it did and one thing that i did learn from um the major label experience was uh songwriting in terms of song structure and arrangement okay um (laughs) one of these previous bands i was in we had you know these 10 15 minute (laughs) songs yeah and that experience whether it was direct or indirect kind of taught me that um you know the, the song should just say what it means like it doesn't need to go on for
2: <laughs>
0: doesn't need to go on for 10 minutes if right. there's a you know and then some people some people actually have three songs and they don't realize it and they turn it into one song
1: ah so okay I, I know what exactly what you're saying yeah
0: yeah so anyway i think that was valuable however however it occurred but that's kind of when it occurred and it sort of changed my approach toward Towards songwriting and, and song structure,
1: and you're playing piano in Blackheart Procession. But I've, I also noticed that you also play sheet metal.
0: <laughs> so the way Blackheart works, uh, I, I would be the multi instrumentalist, but primarily piano, right? Because I mean, what I mostly play live. But when we do the recordings, it's pretty much whatever. Oh man! So on on some songs, like I might play drums and piano and organ. And bass, uh, even some guitar, Paul will do who's a singer, um, you know, plays guitar, but we also experiment and let each other experiment. And he he plays a musical saw.
2: So Oh, that's um, awesome. Musical right, and, yeah, yeah, it's great. Great spooky ceremony.: yes. <laughs> Ex- Exactly. Okay.
1: The creepy sci-fi sound.: Exactly.: The name, Blackheart Procession, is that based on uh, the breakup of the girlfriends and, and the uh, dealing with those feelings?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind yeah. of like representative of, of of the mood, and and again, this thing is pre- is kind of tongue in cheek, and I don't think right. people always because it is pretty dark. But if you listen to lyrics, for example, Paul will put things like heart in every title of the song on the first album. Right. There's, well, there's like little markers, little little roadmaps there if you want to see it. It's it's like overtly, deliberately, you know, oh so sorry, me.
2: Right.
0: I lost track. Uh, you're asking.
1: Oh man! Oh, the name. The yeah, yeah. Name. <laughs> I almost forgot too. I was just enjoying the stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, I was worried I'd be too boring or not have enough to say.
1: Oh God. Um, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the name actually is another like it's representative of, of the kind of collaborative thing between Paul and I. He came up actually with the black heart part, and I came up with the procession part. Oh, cool. and it just sort of, he's like black heart something like a group of people moving blah blah
2: blah and then like like a funeral procession so it all works it all
1: works <laughs> something people moving that's that's awesome you mean a procession yes
2: <laughs> people so... moving
1: in a slumber and you guys you know you you put out s- several albums you you, you toured and you, i mean you're still based in the san diego area at that point
0: uh oh, well, let's...
1: Oh, the, the back Portland?
0: There. Yeah, so what happened is I think we had already released three albums, four. Four by the time I moved to Portland. Okay. So I think that was 2004. I'm bad at numbers and dates. But, the, <laughs> but yeah, so then we made the decision to move. And for the first three albums we recorded at a studio, and we spent our advances on the recording studio. And for the fourth album, we decided to actually build our own studio. Oh, cool. And so the album previous was all done in San Diego. So we had the, um, the, you know, the, the, resources now to kind of do things on our own terms and also have more people play because we were, had been recording in, in Seattle, actually Buffalo at a studio called bear Creek.
2: Oh yeah. It's
0: yeah. an amazing, amazing people. Um, yeah. so, but that, like that ate our whole budget and it was really hard to get additional people to cut, to play with us. So Paul and I did most of the stuff and would maybe invite a drummer or um a trumpet player or something or someone who could do
2: (laughs) both Uh, or more. Okay, okay. So
0: that so starting the studio and this was, you know, mostly kind of Paul's Paul's thing. He wanted to also do the studio for his his own purposes. Like he wanted to record and produce and do stuff. I was never interested so much in in (laughs) because people tend to nerd out on the gear and they lose track of the like, here's this great compressor and like Here's this, this and that. And it's like, well, yes. cool. I'm just trying to use my ears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you more you more feel on whatever it takes to to get what's in your head. It's
0: super, super important. And even these days to take another diversion, I don't I won't touch an instrument until an idea is like pretty developed.
2: Oh really? Wow.
0: So I, I again I have this like fear of, of the fingers ruining uh, something. Okay. Okay. And so if a song, like for, for instance, right now, I've got like two and a half of them in my head. And so <laughs> but they've been there, they've been there for a while okay. and uh, they intend, they intend to stay, but a few have come and gone. And I guess they, you know, didn't make the cut or whatever. Yeah. But I think if Something is strong enough and it stays there long enough. And if I know what it's supposed to sound like, it, you know, I, I won't make a mistake. <laughs> with, uh,
1: so you don't, you don't really like yeah. to do a lot of experimenting before you start playing the songs in
0: that can that can work um okay. for me these days no not so much um again in the early days of piano since it was such a new instrument it was such a new thing for me every everything felt new yeah and certain combinations of notes or chords or something would would kind of like oh this is new you know um yeah yeah the shapes that my fingers are making here make that sound so um See, so, yeah, but as I've, you know, developed as as a writer, and especially in the current situation with, with red step and, and stuff, I kind of tend to like ideas to be fairly developed in terms of like vocal primary melody, vocal melody, chord structure, chord changes, and some element of harmony. Okay. And an idea It's kind of like uh, it's it's like I'm sure everyone has had songs stuck in their head. Like you have some oh. like Rolling Stones song. Yeah. It's like, you just can't remove it. It's like there and it feels real. Um, that's what these things are like for me. Like, so it's, it's like having a song stuck in your head, but it doesn't exist yet.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> kind of so are, now are you actually hearing that like the completed song or is it just a little, little fragments that you're try, trying to mentally tuck away to hopefully pull back? It's, its another point.
0: Yeah, it well it depends. So, okay. um, because there are always you know whatever there are other band members and they they will have contributions in some way or mm-hmm. another. Sometimes if a thing is strong enough, like if there's like an organ line, I'll be like this was really important as a counter melody or harmony. It works with the directly with the vocal melody. But I like to leave some space for people to you know like compose compose a part that works within the context. That
2: oh cool.
1: So when did you hook up with Blonde Redhead?
0: Blonde Redhead. So we were at the time, Blackheart and Blonde Redhead uh, on the same label. And this would have been around Blackheart's third album. Okay. Um, And yeah. Oh yeah. We actually like introduced them to Bear Creek. They like uh, recorded them many times. But um, so we being on the same label, uh, we did some touring together and, um, you know, got kind of close, got to know each other and, Uh, Then they asked me if I would uh, fly up to Bear Creek to play piano on a handful of songs on their album, Melody of Certain Damaged Lemons, I believe.
1: And, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, sometimes I don't exactly pay attention to who's on what track. I love reading liner notes and all, but it, as as I start doing this podcast more, my kids grow up and get older. It's harder for me to actually just sit down and listen to stuff all the way through and read liner notes like I used to. And so it, I, don't, right. I don't always know who's playing on what track. And when, when I started researching for the, this episode, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome stuff. <laughs> so, great, yeah, great. So, no, were you just in the studio with them, or did you end up uh, playing live with them at all? Or,
0: I never played live, but yeah, what happened is they, they sent me a cassette tape. This is all about tapes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sent me a cassette tape with like uh, these handful of songs they had me in mind for, and they were like basic chord changes with maybe like a, some kind of song melody, so kind of rudimentary okay yeah chord, chord structure chord changes and a melody so i then you know sat down and wrote piano parts for those things and then i then i flew up to um bear creek to to record with them and incidentally one of those one of those songs um like basically once they were recorded it, they decided okay well actually the piano is really strong on these let's like make it the primary instrument okay along with vocals and one of those ended up being do you know the show rick and morty yes All right. So the, it's for the damaged coda. Um, it's like piano, vocals, drums, a little bit of guitar. Um, that is the evil Morty theme.
1: I was going to ask you about that. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Did they reach out and say, Hey, we want, we love this part. We want to use it. Or did they just use it? And you found out later?
0: I don't know. I haven't been in touch with the blonde redhead people for a while. Um, so I imagine, I imagine that some music supervisor, you know, working with Rick and Morty, contacted either the label or their management or something.
1: Oh, so so how did you find? you just watching Rick and Morty and all of a sudden you're like, hey, there's my piece <laughs> well, someone someone told me you yeah. <laughs> no, actually here's actually how i found it
0: well i think maybe someone told me and so i looked up um this evil morty thing and i was like bombarded by piano tutorials i see i did online. that
1: I, same thing as soon as i heard that uh that was you I, I did this exact same thing it's it took me a while to find the actual piece right right <laughs> <laughs>
0: i think the actual one is like Um, just a still image of the album cover.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) So, but it's crazy how viral that thing went. It's really funny.
1: So somebody just told you, you had no idea. That's insane. I have
2: no idea, yes. Oh my (laughs) gosh.
1: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So Black Heart (laughs) Procession, did you guys, is it on hiatus since... with the last album because last album came out in 2009 but you guys have played since then
0: yeah so we sort of after the after the record six we sort of went back to the basics of, of paul and i we had a couple people play on on things like strings and things that we can't do um, okay. and a couple guest guest players that we wanted yeah. but we really wanted to go back we had sort of allowed a more of a collective approach on the previous record and we decided to kind of go back to, okay, let's just have it basically be us and invite some friends
2: okay. uh, here.
0: I've got, so to say to you. I've got
2: so much to say to you. Devotion. Obsession. I've
0: got so much to say to you. Devotion. Obsession. out my guts.
2: Devotion. Obsession. About my guts.
0: And so we did all the touring on that, um, finished that record, did the touring on that, and then let's see. Yeah, we just decided to kind of take a break after that one. Like things were just—I don't know. It, it, all this touring and, and shit is like not as easy as people think, and, oh, and yeah. also the expectations that that you have even from your fans to produce something not only that sounds like you but is also new and different.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's I hear that a lot. That that's it's you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't because. You, you put out something that sounds like, oh, that's, that just sounds like everything else. You put out something different. That doesn't sound like them at all. Right, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we kind of got to this point where we were like, all right, um, you know, let's take a little break. And that's what happened. And uh, in the meantime, let's see, I had already moved here and started the Red Step. And right. uh, during that period, our European booking agent called um, and said, like, there's demand for you guys. Would you be interested in doing a tour? Even though you don't have any new material, people are doing these, like, play a record from start to finish kind of thing. Yeah. Pick, pick an album that you've done and do it. Wow. And so we agreed, we agreed to do it. And, um, and so we did that. And then we did another U.S. tour. And then we do one-off shows here and there. Like, for example, if I go to San Diego um, to visit, we'll play a show. I mean, back before the, you know, the fun times of Corona. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. But, yeah, um, but the, uh, yeah. so we would kind of, you know, set something up you know when we're together and just play here and there okay and we will yeah yeah and so it's not it's not really yeah we're not broken up or on hiatus it's just kind of we'll do stuff if if it works yeah (laughs) and we've got to make a new record and the distance is rough and right now is rough but i would love to make i would love to make another record at this point with paul to see like how it how it turns out
1: oh that'd be great news but when did you actually move to serbia and why did you choose serbia uh, vampires. Oh, excellent. That's, you know what? That is the best answer for any question I ask anybody. If, if every podcast, the answer was, was vampires for every question, I would still do this show. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, here, here's the deal. So, uh, Serbia is, uh... The birthplace of the original vampire, Sava Subanovic.
2: Okay, uh,
0: and I got kind of tired of hearing all this, you know, Transylvania this and Vlad the Impaler that. Right. And I wanted, I wanted to kind of move here to, you know, sort of show solidarity in my support of vampires.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> that is the. I'm totally kidding. My, my <laughs> wife is from, my my wife is from Belgrade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn it. <laughs> That was such a. I was, you know, I was going to say that's the most interesting reason anybody else has moved halfway across the world. <laughs> it
2: would I don't know. <laughs> my
1: my solidarity with the vampires. Oh, you got me. All right. Well, that was good. So yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: That's actually all true. Um, not not me moving here because of it, but right. the origin of the vampire is actually from Serbia. And wow. and in fact, um, some fun fact is that the name. Uh, vampire is the only international used Serbian original Serbian word. Oh Vampian. wow,
1: that's cool! I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, weird weird stuff.
1: So, what is the uh, musical scene pre and mid COVID in Serbia? What's it like? Because you've been there since uh, what? What year did you move there?
0: Oh, uh, over five now. <laughs> wow! Again, really. Uh, exact dates, um but uh, yeah, so musical scene here well there there are a handful of bands um doing different stuff, this and that. I don't know, I wouldn't i mean I, I wouldn't call it necessarily strong in terms of independent stuff, okay, there are some mainstream things there's there we have here what's called Nerodnazi. I know it sounds like neo nazi, but it's Nerodnazi. <laughs> it's like the music, and so it's like because. Because Serbia was under the Ottoman Empire for so long, it has this like Turkish, like oriental vibe okay. stuff, and it's usually played at what we have here called kafana. It's like a, it's like a restaurant where people go and, and they play that kind of music there. And so now they have this version. Some of the original stuff is is cool, yeah. like the more folky versions, but they have this kind called tur- turbo folk, turbo which is folk. like got a, got a kind. Of, yeah, it's got this kind of electronic bent to it and, and it's I don't know not, not my thing
1: I'll, gotta, I'll so have then, to check yeah. that out I gotta hear what that sounds like
0: yeah yeah turbo folk <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe it'll be a, a top a YouTube topic like Blackheart Procession or turbo folk I got to look that up
0: turbo folks so, the, yeah. Yeah. so how did so, but there's there's stuff here for sure but I think that it's 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 different here and it's like I know a lot of bands my friend Urosh and the guy who also does uh, live uh, sound for, for Blackheart and Red Step and, and was the uh, actual uh, recorded and, and co-produced with me the Red Step album mm-hmm. he had a great band it was um, called uh, Threesome and they were kind of like surf surfy oh cool And I think they found a label um, actually in the States. It's weird here. And I think that um, Man. For, for anything to, to kind of break beyond the borders, it would have to internationalize and have English kind of as a language right. as, as a primary. Um, but I mean, yeah, there is definitely there's definitely a scene here. But, I, you know, it, it could be stronger in terms of the alt, alternative indie
1: stuff. So right now it's Turbo Folk and Serbian Surf. <laughs> yeah okay but there are definitely people doing creative stuff here for sure there's some great people doing great music so how did you meet everybody that became the red step and, and how did you choose the name Was there a, a significance to the name because it sounds like there is
0: Yeah. so interesting the drummer is my brother-in-law okay and uh the bassist is my kum this is a specific serbian thing it's like best man and godfather of your child combined oh wow okay. so he was he's, he's at our wedding as, as a best man and so has this title and I, I met of course I met these guys through through my wife and um, I actually went and saw their uh, previous band Kazuma Zushi play and I'm like oh these guys are actually great players like oh. um, and the keyboardist was also so I, I like inadvertently kind of stole <laughs> the band from the other <laughs> the singer the, the Zushi. I feel bad but um <laughs> a little bit so Ooh. so that's how we all met and and they the, they're like you you know we know you're some musician guy you should you know we should jam whatever and I'm, I'm not at all into jamming but i was like well okay i have a handful of ideas like let's get together and play and so we kind of started doing that uh, and playing and it just developed from there another interesting thing is that i i didn't, this is the first time that I've been in a project where I am kind of the front person singer.
2: Yes. Guitar player.
0: Yes. So that was an interesting thing. Like I, I had never considered myself uh, a singer. I just didn't really think about it that way. And, um, a friend of ours, this guy, Nikola Vronkovic from a band, a popular band here called block He came to our practice and we were talking about it. And I was like, I don't know, man, I really would like to find someone and especially someone who can sing in English. Da, da, da. And he's like, why don't you do it? <laughs> oh, and I was like, uh, me, it was like ding, and I'm like, well, I don't. He's like, look, at, He's like, just go, go sing right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. And so I sang, and I'm, I'm sure it was like fucking awful. But like, he, he's like, he's like, keep doing that. In six months, you'll be fine. Wow. He's like, you'll find your voice. Just, just do it. And so I had never considered my voice an instrument. I mean, I'm a multi instrumentalist, and it was weird that I would never considered. That to be a role for me like man um, so it was almost like a dare yeah and oh yeah oh he was um he thought, maybe i'm getting him wrong but he, like he's like you do it like why not, what's wrong with you you know yeah. <laughs> so, the- so that's how that happened and that was also an interesting experience writing lyrics because paul's the, the primary lyric writer for blackheart okay the lyric writer and my role in terms of that stuff for blackheart is like just, we just make sure everything that we all, we all like everything that is there. Okay. So kind of like post, post writing editor or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also fun, like trying to figure out, I had never really considered writing, you know, words or lyrics. So wow. that was also an interesting process.
1: So you just jumped into that role completely. Yeah. There was kind of not much else to be done about it. So I <laughs> no one else was doing it. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, interesting, and and I'm glad. Um, I have to thank Nikola Vrankovic for for that.
1: <laughs> when, <laughs> that push. when you're working on the music and the songs for the Red Step, do the the Serbian members of the the, the band do they bring like a different view of music, like you know the turbo folk view, or you know something that's more native to serbia as opposed to like like american rock music maybe you know chord progressions song arrangements things like that is, is do they have a different point of view to make this song sound a little different
0: well I, I originally thought that that's how it might go but not not directly okay like this there's really nothing um there's really nothing like balkan about the red step except for one song that's not on this album it's called uh, a road to sorrow for that one specifically um i wanted um a Balkan like female vocalist and violinist uh-huh. so that one that one does have it but mostly no and but if it does if there is any influence it's sort of indirect from like their perspectives and of course you amass like you know all kinds of different experiences and perspectives
1: right. so but not directly though no. and so what is behind the name the red step
0: Ah, uh-huh, okay. This is interesting. So of course, you know, the name thing, it's, it's always a, a, a you know, battle. Nowadays, even it, more so. Yeah. Ooh, hard to come up. Yeah. Hard to come up with something simple, effective and not taken. whatever. They, exactly. <laughs> so we were kind of, you know, thinking about it and, uh, my coom, this guy, Rudy, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, the bassist, he said he was talking about his son, um, who was just learning to drive and, When on his first drive, which would be something like jump in the fire, like, you know, you're just like, you make it happen, like jump, jump in the pool or whatever. Oh, my God. So he said, he said, um, he said, um, he's taking his first in English. He said he's taking his uh, first red step or some kind of something like that. Okay. And I was like, huh, but I found out that it was kind of an improper trans. He translated it directly to English. And and so it's not exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but I was like the red step. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, "This is actually great." Um, It's uh, I found out first that it was available, which wasn't nice. And then, then I started thinking about it and what the meaning behind it would be. And it it, actually, with names, it's kind of funny. It's more like, "Does it not suck?" Rather than (laughs) "Is it good?" (laughs) Because you can find, like, if you you can name something. Something and then realize later, like, oh no, it could be perceived this way. And, uh, okay,
1: I see what you're saying. So I thought
0: about it for a long time and I couldn't find any sort of negative, anything negative, terribly negative about it. Right. And then in terms of the positive things, sort of like, you know, Serbia being part of um, former Yugoslavia, which was like communism light.
2: Right. Fair.
0: So like the red step, red for communism, taking a step in that direction. And also because I had moved from the states here. Mm-hmm. So there's. One red step, and then it's also like a dance move, a step. Okay. So it like has this idea of dance, like the red step, um, dance name, and then also it's kind of noirish, like you know, you think oh, of like someone, someone stepping in in a, in, in a, some blood and leaving these bloody
2: bloody
1: steps. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't think that that. Yeah, I mean, man, that does. I could see that in the, uh, in a an black and white movie, like, uh, I'm blanking on any of the actors' names, but I can see their faces, but it's, uh, you use some of that old footage in your videos, like uh, the, uh, yeah. the vaudeville era and, and some old, old factory film that I've seen. That's
0: really yeah, cool stuff. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. The, um,
0: that's, uh, Mariana, my wife, She does all the artwork oh, uh, cool. and design. And so that's that was her, our idea was was like, let's let's do something for all the videos uh, we made our first video. And I think it was a little ambitious and didn't turn out quite how we had in mind. But then yeah. we we're talking about it. Let's do something where there's a theme. It's thematic. So all of them will have some similar aspect. Like, I don't know, you see some bands release things on YouTube where it's like. Um, it's, there's like minimal movement. Um, mm-hmm. so it's more, it's more, a little bit more interesting than staring at a, an album cover, right. but, but so there's something happening a little bit and we are like, let's do that, but a little bit more. Okay. So it's not really, you know, the traditional video in that sense, but so pretty much the idea is that all the videos from this point forward will be like that with this, like this kind of smoky, inky mask that drops down yes, and some, some kind of footage, um, vintage footage of some sort that that represents in some way the, the meaning.
1: Okay, well, I I loved I love watching them. They're, they're really cool some really excellent old industrial footage I love that kind of stuff. Great, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned that cool too. It's a little weird though, so I don't know if it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I like it. I don't you know, but now you yeah. you've mentioned that the songs that you write are more influenced by reading rather than than music. How can you explain oh, maybe yeah. how that works yeah so this kind of ties into um
0: what we were talking about before with this like songs in my head thing okay. i'll elaborate on that a bit yeah so yeah. like the there are, there are some people who have huge record collections and they like to you know who, who are musicians mm-hmm. and they they have these mass so they're they're constantly getting this input um a musical input and um for me like i i, I couldn't do that it's it's too much information and i would be worried about am I going to plagiarize something or, or it would be too, okay. it would be such a, a crazy like process. Right. So for me, I really don't listen to a lot of music. Um,
2: wow. Okay.
0: And, and so what happens in my head, I think is that there's like an amalgamation of a lot of stuff I've heard before from the past and it all kind of just melds together in, into something. Okay. So, I mean, there are all kinds of different processes for, you know, writing songs for me, it's, it's that. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and as for um, the, re- so my, in, my like inspiration comes from things that since I don't listen to music, it comes from so much, it comes from other things like reading or just life experiences, observing a vampires, lot. Vamp- of course,
1: Serbian vampires, <laughs> Serbian vampires, the original <laughs> vampire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, none of this Transylvania hey, the, the Bullshit. <laughs>
1: the posers. <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: You know, probably need to bring a lawsuit for um, the uh, appropriation of Serbian vampires yeah, by translating. Cultural
0: appropriation.
1: Yeah. Yes. We need to do something about that. <laughs> I don't vampire know what I can, Appropriation. A, a vampire lawsuit would be amazing. That would be, yeah. That sounds I'd like a good to see. Saturday Night Live skit or something, back when they were good. Could
0: ask, yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, could I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, Sure. Uh, how did you, I, I really dig the name, uh, performance anxiety for your show. And okay. I was curious like how, how that came about. Like,
1: oh. was, is there meaning behind it? There was, uh, <laughs> but the show's kind of morphed a bit since then. I was trying to think of, um, I, I used to do a bunch of sports podcasts. One was local. I, I lived near Washington DC. So one was a local podcast based on the DC sports teams and we when that ended, we kind of branched out with some friends on the West Coast, me and me and my, one of my co-hosts for that. We kind of branched out and did one that was more nationally focused. So, but I was never getting my musical fixed. We'd have guests and all. And, but each, each of those would have a theme. You know, One was DC sports, and the other was kind of a sports comedy mix. But there's always some, you know, sports was always the running theme through the whole thing. And so I figured I want to do this. Podcast where I talk to artists and all, and I, but I started trying to think of what's the common theme I could ask about to tie all the shows together. And I was way overthinking it. And I figured I would start asking about if they, if, if singers, if singers, if musicians or artists, creative people that I had on the show had any type of performance anxiety. And I would get so into the conversation, I would forget to ask that specifically <laughs> so it started wow. off as you know hey you know how did you get over any fears that you had you know pl- whether it's playing in public or um, fears of of branching out into a different type of music you know whatever whatever type of anxiety a creative person would have and um, I just kept forgetting to ask and so it's kind of not exactly been a focus of the show, but I started and I got my my logo made and everything. So I can't really change it now. Um, right, right, but, right, that's awesome. But no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. That's great. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm, the common theme is basically now I just like getting the uh, stories that happen behind the scenes. You know, what happens when you're recording? What's a weird story that happened when you're recording? Or what's the worst? experience you've had live you know things like that so um, right. plus similar to to band issues there's a million well more <laughs> millions of podcasts out there and you got to find one that doesn't have a name you, know, you, you, you got to find something with a unique name so it's it, fortunately that one was not taken and uh, that would that's that's basically how the whole thing came about
0: Great. Well, congratulations. It's it's awesome. I see that you've done 150 ish of these things.
1: Yes. Congrats. Oh, thanks, man. Cool, cool, cool
0: title or cool uh, name for the show. And I, oh, I mean, in the spirit of the show, I have a performance anxiety
1: story. I am ready.
0: <laughs> so, um, I always, first of all, I always have it. Um, I have it usually like 15 minutes before the show and at least 10 minutes into the show
1: oh wow well you know that kind of goes with your whole not being comfortable playing an instrument
0: a little bit yeah so there's always there's always that um that aspect but it it tends to it tends to just kind of behave the same way each time okay like okay i'm always nervous and then i'm mortified for you know five or ten minutes on stage (laughs) and then it just becomes a (laughs) <laughs> no matter what, it can be for like, you know, playing to two people or playing to 15,000. It's like all the same. Okay. So, but the, the the scariest experience that I've ever had was not from playing, a, didn't come from playing a, a show, but from playing a wedding. Really? Yes. Oh, so, wow. wow. So Paul and I uh, did the music for Dale and Maureen Crover's wedding. Dale Crover. Oh, yeah. and, and Melvin's course, some Nirvana. Yes. Um, we had done some touring with with um, the Melvins, and all, and also Maureen was like a, an old housemate of mine, roommate, and super good friends. Oh, cool! So they decided, like she, they, they decided that they wanted us to do the actual music for the ceremony. Oh, wow! And, and I didn't. It, it, was v- it was very complicated. There were five different pieces, or so, if I recall, oh or at least four. Wow. Union of the Candle and and all this stuff, and uh, there were. Oh, yeah. oh, so we did. I did something funny, like with the with the melody for the "Here Comes the Bride." Dun, 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 dun. I changed all the chords underneath it, so it would sound more like "Nightmare Before Christmas." Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> so we just he's kind of fun and, and interesting. That's but awesome. so the that wedding was filled with pe- like people and bands, and, and not only just bands, but like tons of people who I, I respected and yeah. looked up to. And there were hundreds of them. And I was scared shitless and after that it it went off. Okay. Um, uh, but after that I vowed like no more, no more weddings. (laughs) Not, not only that, but it's like you're, when you play live and if you make a mistake, you can be like, eh, well, screw it. It's like, it's my band. I made, you know, it's OK. I made a mistake. Yeah. But like in a situation like that, you're like directly giving some. This is for someone else, <laughs> like directly.
1: Yeah. And they're going to be it's
0: recording for it it's for this purpose. Like, yeah. And so the pressure to to make sure you're doing it
1: right for them is, you know, it <laughs> can be a, a bit overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And if it's your friends, you know, you mess something up, it's rec- a, it's recorded and be you're never going to hear the end of it. Of course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of funny because I, I just saw uh, an article maybe two, eh, maybe it's a month ago, maybe a little more, a uh, story of, of Iron Maiden crashing a wedding in Poland. Okay. And I don't know how it happened. I don't remember the story behind it, but they, uh, they're on tour. I think maybe the... the tour bus had broken down or something so they went into this restaurant or bar or something and it turns out there was a wedding there so they went up with the wedding band and they just started playing with the wedding band <laughs> so, what, what, what did everyone think of that were they aware of who it was I think the uh, the the bride or the groom knew who it was, maybe like a couple of the of the wedding party. But there's like you know grandparents and all in in the audience, and I was like, "What the hell's going on? Who are these long hair weirdos jumping on stage?" Because they actually have a video of it. Mm-hmm. It was videotaped because you know it, it's the wedding, and I, right. somebody videotaped it, and it's uh, it's on YouTube, I believe, and uh, it's it's hilarious.
0: That's amazing. That's like either the best or worst thing to
1: happen to you. Oh, like, yeah. Depending. On For <laughs> me, it would be the best. I, I love Iron Maiden. Absolutely. That, but, <laughs> would, that would rule. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if it was my brother, he'd, he'd be like, what the fuck is going on? This is, the, this right. is terrible. So Exactly. Crazy.
0: Great. I'll check it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got a chance to listen to the album, and it's really cool. There's definitely a darkness and ominous feel to it it's energetic it's i mean it's not like plotting it's there is definitely energetic but it's definitely sounds a little dark and and maybe to my ignorance of the area definitely seems baltic because everything that i've ever heard of like that area of the world serbia yugoslavia bosnia all that it's it's it seems like a very dark depressing place but that might be my cold war old viewpoint coming in uh, <laughs> so, right. but that's interesting oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say but it feels to me like um i don't know one of my favorite albums back in the 90s was a sabotage album when right before trans-siberian orchestra kind of grew out of that they had a, a album based upon uh a a story about sarajevo and it was all cold and snowy and it was the album dead winter dead which i really like but that's the feel that i always get i always get like a cold snowy dark feeling whenever i hear anything about that area of the world so this album is a little little dark and ominous and, and kind of fits with my perception of the area
0: yeah, I, I suppose it. The, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose having lived here and and hearing the music that comes from here, yeah. <laughs> it's not, not so much. <laughs> but but here's where that may have come from: is yeah. that uh, having grown up in San Diego, we have a, a noticeable lack of seasons. So it's basically always summer there. And part of this part of this black heart procession thing. Um, was like longing for winter, like, I want this winter, the uh, winter will never come. Okay. And so we kind of made that winter happen. And also, I'm, I am I will say for, for sure, in terms of musical influence, Eastern European classical is one of them.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So I kind of come from that, uh, <laughs> that thing. Oh. And the Balkan thing is a little bit different, especially Serbia, because of the Ottoman Empire influence. So things yeah. sound a bit different, more Asian, Okay. Now, Macedonia. Macedonia. Their folk music
1: is crazy dark. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I see. That's. I like dark, folky stuff. Like one of my favorite bands of all time is Woven Hand and Sixteen Horsepower. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff that I that I'm kind of drawn to. Maybe it's maybe it's the uh, Serbian vampire in me coming trying to come out. (laughs) But fantastic! Your your guitar is so. Heavy, but without going the obvious, you know, heavy metal disorder tone. It's it's it sounds just like it's a subtly overdriven clean channel, very garage rocky sound. Yeah, and I, I love it, and especially. Um, I'm trying to think of the song um, through our seasons. cello on that is absolutely beautiful beautiful melody yeah yeah and the the guitar tone on that it sounds a little bit like uh stevie ray vaughn type of tone to the guitar where it's just slightly overdriven it's just so it's just an an amazing track i I think through our seasons is my is my favorite track on the album
0: wow great (laughs) well thanks yeah it's, it's it's definitely it's more in the, the Blackheart black heart zone, yeah, of stuff. And the, with the red step, it was like, I, I, you know, with black heart, it's like, okay, I've been depressed for six <laughs> albums plus numerous EPs. Yeah. Like, I want to be a little bit pissed off, right? And so, but there's still some leftovers there for sure. There are a few songs that kind of have the more black hearty vibe, right? Um, but um, oh, what was I going to say? Guitars, something about the guitar. Oh yeah. So what's important to me? I have this issue with genre okay and i people people are always like what what genre is it or is it a b c d e f core thing right you know grind thing whatever yeah Yeah. um where where it's like to me all that matters is genuineness like you're just being on like the stuff you're doing is coming from your heart and it's real not like Like madonna exactly and her silly frozen song exactly (laughs) broke my heart madonna In a, in a way, probably you know, very specific
2: to that <laughs>
1: She probably broke cards, but not like that. Um, she was the beginning so of the Black Heart procession. What's that? She was the very beginning of the Black Heart procession. Absolutely, yes.
0: Yeah, she's like the, the the patron saint of. Blackheart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Who knew? <laughs> we don't really tell anyone. I <laughs>
1: we'll have to cut that out. Okay, I'll. I'll <laughs> you know what? I'll bleep, I'll just bleep her name out so that nobody knows, and it'll just exactly. be. A, it'll just be in the uh, Blackheart Procession lore. Now, there's somebody that was started it all. Who was it? Excellent. It was. B mysterious <laughs> <laughs> so you okay so
0: i'm sorry i interrupted you you're saying that no that, no it's great i, I enjoy this as, as a conversation <laughs> um oh yeah the other the other component that i that i think is important is taste so okay. this is where the kind of the genre thing um like for example if i put like heavy metal guitars over this stuff it would just be tasteless right. in my opinion, at least to me yes so i was looking for this thing where with the overall design of the sound for the red step i wanted it to be like kind of classic like instruments that could have been you could have made this in like the 50s or 60s yes like oh, yeah. they all those instruments existed and i wanted that kind of tonality i wanted to go back a little bit to like a classic rock sound and these kind of you know right these like garage sounding guitars yeah um, yes. but then with the cello to add the cello to add the sophistication a little bit okay so you have a classic you know garage rocky type thing post-punky thing and but then there's a the cello there, which yeah. adds, it brings it a little something more, but is still tasteful. Um, that was my idea. Okay. Whether it succeeded or not, that was that was, the, I, that I think was the, to keep the genuineness and the honesty of the music and, and the, the projection, and then this element of
1: taste. I think. I mean, it works perfectly on um, through our seasons, and uh, reset is just Ooh. awesome too because that's just, that song is so heavy to me without using things like distortion and you know things that would be tasteless. <laughs> Temporary Loss, and Through Our Seasons. I think those are this my top four of, of the album.
0: Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, Temporary Loss is a fun one. That that one was like a deliberate choice to, to fuck up the ending. Oh, Cause, really? Because it cool. could have really easily just been a pretty standard arrangement right. and finished, you know, the three, three and a half minutes something. But I thought like w- w- when the words were developing, everything was happening with that. I figured... Like, OK, this song should just have some noise, like a noisy build ending that's different. I love it. And, and that song is actually very dark lyrically. I like to keep things indirect. I like I like I like myself personally to be able to interpret lyrics. Oh, I don't okay. like when they're incredibly direct. Right. Right. So and, and I love when people when people are argue over like the meaning of Beatles lyrics. It's like,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have fun. Yeah, exactly. They probably don't even know what they mean.
0: Exactly. Exactly. God. They probably barely remember. They did, yeah, they leave it. They leave it open enough for people to
1: you know kind of make the song their own. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you use a lot of gear? Do you collect gear? Are you, are you concerned about gear? Is that something that you're interested in?
0: Not at, not one bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you you you're, no. I'm really. It's I. I don't use any pedals live. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I just, I have like a Vox AC30 and oh, nice. uh, when it's turned up loud enough, it gets that kind of distortion you're talking about yes. that, that saturates and breaks up a little bit. And uh, that's all. That's and, for, awesome. and for the longest time, the longest time I, like the guitar I was using was a sort of Franken guitar that my Rudy, the bassist, um, had built. Oh, really? It was a combination of like a music master neck and some some kind of like Jaguar body. It was weird. Oh, cool. um, it is, it is weird, but it was all that was here. I came here with like a backpack and like a tiny suitcase.
1: Oh, wow. So I made a clean break then.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really refreshing to like shed the stuff.
1: I can imagine. I can't do that. I've got three kids and like 3,500 <laughs> right. CDs. I'm one of those music collector guys you were talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. So. No, I just, yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm not, but no, It was. Well, I'm in the process of of, of uh, you know reacquiring a whole bunch of stuff. But
1: I'm <laughs> I'm also not trying to create music. So, <laughs> right, you wouldn't want to hear the music. But I
0: yeah, I see a lot of people like they're really into pedals, pedal boards, and then on um, in the studio side you know, outboard gear. Yeah. Um, all the, you know, the the different um, channel strips and all that stuff. And I think it's necessary. I think it's really cool, especially for the studio. Like that stuff needs to be there. And oh, yeah, yeah. Need it. But I don't know for me. And, and I don't look at people who use pedals or anything like that. Great. Go for it. Yeah. But for me, I like to keep things as simple as possible. And like the root of the tone, like, not to overcomplicate. Like, so if, if I lose two pedals and I can't play like. You
2: know, yeah,
1: exactly. Like I, I've had bands on here that if they've told me that if a pedal goes down just because of the way the band is set up then or, or if a cable goes it's a patch cable it they're they're toast and right it's, it's not a bad thing it's, it's just it's the way they get their unique sound but it, it kind of they're, they're kind of um uh, what's the word? What's the phrase? They're they're kind of beholden to that gear. Then, they, you know, if that right. something breaks and they can't find a replacement, like if they're in Serbia and uh, a specific pedal goes down uh, part of their pedal board and they can't get it fixed, they're, they're screwed.
0: Right, right. So, well, that's a decision that they have to, they have to balance. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I've, got a, play or not?
1: <laughs> I've got another question for you before we start to wrap up, uh, because I thought this was really interesting. How did you end up playing with David J from Bauhaus? Oh yeah, okay. Um, so let's see. This was around when we were
0: I think we had just started making our fourth album, Amorial Tropico, and uh, he had moved to San Diego like randomly. Oh, so wow. again, San Diego sort of like the spawning ground of the un- unlikely gothy dark <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. And retirees. Right. And got, you know. <laughs> Just all
1: intermingling, having fun. Much like so, Tampa, uh, t- retirees and death metal.
0: Right, right. It's <laughs> so, okay, cool. San yeah. Diego is in sort of, you know, there's some era and edge. It's, instead, it's like, you know, goth, gothy. Right. So I, I, I never asked him why he ended up moving to San Diego. But um, so he did, and he started kind of hanging around, like, the scene, going to shows. He came to some of our shows, and we met. Oh, cool. And um, eventually he just asked... Um, if, if uh, I would he asked me if I would play piano on something he was working on and I said well sure so and I did it's it's actually a super boring story. Oh. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anything. Sorry, that... I wish I could.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's That's the first it... Bauhaus reference in the show, so it's not it's it's awesome. Oh, okay,
0: cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that happened, and then um, yeah, I got to play. I we we played live like once or twice, and with that with that project and. I got to play piano on a Bauhaus song with someone from Bauhaus, so I was happy.
1: That's see, that's awesome. <laughs> that's not boring at all. That is cool as hell. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, where can people find the album? It, it's coming out, and well, by the time this episode comes out, it it'll probably be just out. So, where can people? Love- yeah, where, where can people uh, if order it, find it, follow you guys on social media? yeah so we're we're um our our social media
0: is easy it's um i need to actually get better at that but it's it's at the red step band for everything so facebook twitter instagram at the red step band excellent and um in terms of, of buying the album it should be available in stores but uh, i think the, the best option would be to go to the Provda records website okay I'm pretty sure it'll be available
1: there. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's, let's work together and promote the shit out of this episode. I want to have the number one podcast in Serbia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think that's doable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start looking at my, I don't see, I'm not, a lot of people doing podcasts are big into the metrics and I, you know, this, this number of downloads and this many streams in this country, and that country, I I don't know any of that crap. I just like doing Mm -hmm talking to people so this is that's what the fun part to me is so i but i will check my numbers in serbia after this episode comes out so i'm i'm gonna be hashtagging
0: okay okay all right i'm gonna be hashtagging be serbia best.
1: all right excellent thank you so much for for coming on and, and telling me some awesome stories and uh i'm really enjoying the album i i love i love the sound of the whole thing it's just it's just fantastic
0: Awesome. Thank you so much and, and thank you for having me on. It was it was a great discussion. I had a lot of fun.